The Northern Territory has been opened up for fracking while Western Australians are waiting to hear their fate. Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. Today's story... Don't push our bush. ...was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX, Canberra, on the lands of Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. And I'm Beck Horridge. Today on Earth Matters, we hear from four people resisting oil and gas, speaking from the Beyond Coal and Gas Jamboree on the Sunshine Coast in June 2018. First we hear from Miklo Corpus. My name is Miklo. I'm from Broome. Uh, it's Yaru country. 70 kilometres east of Broome and my stance there is to protect my country from oil and gas companies. Where I'm situated it's a gas field. The company that wants to come in is Buru Energy. They're partners with Mitsubishi. They want to come and frack on our country. Three years ago we had a, a meeting with the Yaru people and the Yaru people voted against fracking. They said no to fracking. So I took the stance and put myself on the gate. The company said that they'd look after the people and they'd tell the people every time they go in to our country. They've been through our country 33 times in one year and the Yarrow people only was aware of three occasions. So they're not going to talk to us. Yeah, there's a gate uh, just off the highway, uh, the Great Northern Highway. I'm camped uh, 50 metres away from the gate and this is where this oil and gas company has to go through this gate. Are they offering you money? Isn't your, is your family tempted by that at all? Um, no. And uh, I don't think I'd give them that opportunity to make an offer to me or my family. And um, no offer would be acceptable for me and my family, I think. If it's a million dollars or whatever the case is, I think this might, I know my country would look after me for the next 40,000 years and my grandchildren in the future and help them survive in the future, providing it's the right environment. And what I believe is me standing at the gate, I will stand up and uh, make sure that these company don't push our bush. There's a moratorium on fracking in Western Australia and it's more scientific inquiries coming through and the company is just pushing its way into your land, getting ready for fracking. Yeah, if I had a crystal ball, I would say that the government has put a monitorium on fracking now until a scientific inquiry has been conducted. Over in the Northern Territory, there is a scientific report done and um, the government over in the Northern Territory gave the green light for fracking, but the people are still saying, no, that's not right, and I believe that's not right. To give the green light, I think that it needs to have proper consultation with the people, not only scientists, but people from the ground that knows their country, uh, and I know my country. I, I wouldn't let these people in my country to do some fracking. 
But haven't you already said no to fracking on your land? Yeah, three years ago, uh, the Yarrow people gave their free and prior informed consent and said no to fracking. Before I left Broomley, I got a message to say that we have to go back and have another vote. We have to give our free and prior informed consent again. And I don't think that's right, and I don't think that's lawful. We said no, no is no. And we've done that lawfully through the Native Title Tribunal, through the Native Title Act. We're protected by that act, and if we say no, no is no. I feel that if we're going to get dragged in again, they'll try and influence us to say yes again. But I think we're standing loud and proud, and we're going to say no, because that's our country. So going back again, I, I don't believe that's right, and I don't think that's lawful. So if anybody's out there, a lawyer, yeah, give us a call and see if we're on the same page and the same paragraph and whether they're doing the right thing for me and my people and my country. Can you tell me what the seismic testing lines are and what they do? Yeah, the um, company in the exploration stages, they do seismic lines. And uh, what happens there is that they, they put a bulldozer blade down and they scrape the top surface and knocking down trees and hills. And these trees are medicine trees, fruit trees, but they don't have understanding, this company. So they just bulldoze, and these seismic lines are 75 kilometres long. Every 100 metres apart, they put the bulldozer blade down and in a straight line, and it's 35 kilometres wide. And um, if we join all these lines up, it goes for 3,600 kilometres. So it goes from Darwin straight to Tasmania. And is that for testing for the, if the gas is underneath? That's to explore, to see what sort of um, and how far underground the gas is trapped in tight rocks. That's an, a massive fragmentation of habitat and destruction of cultural significance. It is. How do they get away with that? Well, the government has gave these people approval and they say that we can't say no. On my country, we can say no, we can say yes. But I feel that I've got a gun to hell to my head that we can't say no. And I tell them that this is my country and I can say no and I can say yes. If people want to help you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, the organisation that have all my details and how they support me and things like that is the Environs Kimberley. They're based in Broome. So if anybody's um, want to check us out, please don't hesitate to give the Environs Kimberley a call. I'm not a protester. I'm a traditional owner. That's my country. We have to leave it in good condition for the next generation. Because the old people has left it in good condition for us. We inherited this lifestyle and um, we inherited our country. We need to pass that on to our children to make sure that they can survive in the future. Our culture teaches us about survival, so our trees are important to us, our animals are important to us, our sites are important to us too. And our culture's been there for over 40,000 years. We can get another 40,000 years providing it's the right environment and people like myself and other people right around Australia to look after country, it's the only way to go. I, I believe that the government should 
really take a step back now and have a look instead of being economically uh, minded. Our heritage, our culture is so important to us and towards the state of Western Australia and to the Northern Territory and to the whole of Australia. And it's not only um, traditional people, they're European people that's standing up loud and proud and it makes me proud to be a part of that team. Are you still collecting bush tucker from your land? I've been collecting bush tucker all my life and I, I can't stop because that's part of my culture and I inherited that and I need to pass that on to my children. Oh, give me a land Where I may roam Where no others would build call it their home where men of one color together would live and would feel no ill for their own native land oh superiority is an unknown word Those exquisite harmonies from the song Native Land are from the album The Mission Project, released in 2017. You're with Earth Matters. I'm back, Horridge. Well, we've heard from Miklo Corpus, the traditional owner, who sits watching fracking vehicles enter a gate on his own land. Coming up, we'll hear from Pauline Cass from Lock the Gate, 
talking on fracking in the Northern Territory and its impacts on water, and Tim Forsey talking about massive methane emissions from fracking. I'm Pauline Cass and I work for Lock the Gate in the Northern Territory. I'm a proud Territorian and I'm fighting to protect my home and my country from being fracked. The Northern Territory Government promised us at the last election when they were voted in that we would have a moratorium while they did a fracking inquiry. The fracking inquiry has now been concluded and the final report has been released. Nowhere in the final report does it say that fracking can be done safely, but our government has decided to lift the moratorium anyway and give the green light to fracking on over half of the Northern Territory. The final report and the government has agreed that If 135 recommendations are implemented, that this will mitigate the risks and there are pages and pages of risks listed in the final report, that these 135 recommendations will mitigate the risks to an acceptable level. But an acceptable level of risk is defined as a community losing access to their water for a week. Losing access to water for a week is not acceptable whatsoever and yet our government has deemed that this is what can happen to us as Territorians. Fracking requires lots of water. They use about 10 million litres of water per frack and each well is fracked multiple times. Some wells can be fracked up to 40 times so that's 40 million litres of water per well. And there's going to be thousands of these wells. And once this water is used, it's mixed with chemicals. It's contaminated water. Of the water that is used in hydraulic fracturing, these millions of litres that they pump into the ground with chemicals and sand to fracture the rock, only about 30% of that water returns to the surface. The rest of the water and the chemicals stay down underneath the ground. And that leads to contamination issues. If the gas and those chemicals find their way into our groundwater, they can contaminate our groundwater. So our water in the Territory is threatened both by depletion from using this water for fracking, as well as contamination. In the Territory, we rely on our groundwater for our drinking water. The groundwater beneath the Beetaloo Basin, the aquifers, flow north and they feed our large rivers. They feed the Daly River, the Roper River and the Catherine River. So if the aquifers are depleted, the river flows will be affected and this will impact the fish, the turtles, the plants and everything that is dependent on those rivers for water. We need more voices to join us from right across Australia. Call the Territory politicians and tell them that you don't want the Territory to be fracked. Email them. So people want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? You can contact me at pauline at lockthegate.org.au or you can go to our Facebook page, Don't Frack the Territory, and message me there. And those contact details are on the 3CR Earth Matters website, 3cr.org.au forward slash earth matters.
Well, my name is Tim Forsey, and I'm a chemical engineer. Uh, these days, I'm an independent energy advisor, but in the past, I've published uh, research and reports with the University of Melbourne. So one of the problems in the Northern Territory with this uh, unconventional uh, oil and gas production that they're looking at doing is the amount of methane gas that gets emitted into the atmosphere. Gas is basically methane, and methane is a powerful greenhouse gas, many times more powerful than carbon dioxide as a, as a greenhouse gas. So when they're producing oil and gas, their companies should be careful that they don't release methane directly into the atmosphere, but unfortunately it happens a lot. Uh, research out of the United States has found that in some of the oil and gas fields over there, they may be leaking as much as 17% of the, of the gas straight up into the atmosphere, which is a climate disaster. In Australia, we don't really know how much gas is being released in the atmosphere from the coal seam gas fields in Queensland, which is where we have unconventional gas production going on right now, because nobody's keeping track. Uh, you would think that uh, for reporting emissions to the government and the Australian government reports to the United Nations that uh, someone would be measuring the methane emissions, but they're not. The gas companies are able to just make assumptions about the amount of methane that goes into the atmosphere, and sometimes they assume that uh, there's nothing being released. But one thing we did is we uh, brought a very sophisticated infrared camera into the country. It cost about $150,000 if you wanted to buy one, but we could only afford to rent it for a few days. So we took this infrared camera into the coal seam gas fields of Queensland, and we found places where methane was intentionally, continuously being released into our Earth's atmosphere. The gas companies there have basically not spent the money to uh, contain that uh, the gas, and so it goes off into the atmosphere with a powerful greenhouse gas and climate consequences. What sort of places is the gas seeping out of? What holes and crannies does it come out of? Well, there's many different ways that the methane can end up in the air when you start messing around with gas. So certainly when you're drilling wells, you can release some there. Uh, when it goes into the pipelines and production equipment, some methane can be released there, either uh, uh, as a uh, continuous situation, which is what we found when we took the camera to Queensland, but also just during uh, various operations, the gas companies might have to purge a pipeline or uh, release all the gas from a, some equipment, so that occurs. So you have emissions that are continuous, some that are more intermittent, and also there's the possibility that uh, during these operations, um, it's not only methane that comes out of the equipment that you need to worry about, but also methane that might just bubble up out of the earth away from the direct uh, oil and gas operations. Certainly up in Queensland, we've seen this river, the Condamine River, where gas has been bubbling out uh, at a great rate of knots. There's no historical record that that's been happening at that level in the past, so it's uh, suspicious that as the gas company uh, comes into that area and starts drilling wells, you start to see this gas bubbling up, basically up out of the ground. You can see it where there's a river present, of course, because you see the bubbles. But then you can keep going down the pipeline, and a lot of us even use gas in our homes. If you walk down the street and you smell gas, well, that's gas that's being released into the atmosphere with powerful greenhouse gas consequences. So gas is a, a bit of a problem all the way along the supply chain. I've also done research at the University of Melbourne where we look at the alternatives to gas. So certainly for homes, studies have shown that there is no economic reason for any new homes or any new suburbs to actually be using any gas because there's better alternatives using heat pumps for heating your, your water, heat pumps for space heating. Uh, new homes shouldn't really have any gas coming into them because there are a lot cheaper options 
And if that were the case, then uh, there would be a lot less need for gas pipelines going all around the country. You're with Earth Matters. My name's Kerry. I live near Catherine in the Northern Territory. I'm currently the chairperson of Don't Frack Catherine, and you can find us on Facebook. What's been happening in Catherine around fracking? There's quite a strong movement now in the Northern Territory, not just in Catherine. We work in conjunction with groups in Alice Springs and Darwin and Darwin's rural area, and the movement is now very, very strong. There was a public meeting organised in Catherine about four years ago now, I think, but it was a very powerful meeting at which Helen Bender from her family are based in Chinchilla in Queensland and John Fenton, who was flown over from Wyoming in America, came and spoke and it was standing room only, basically. There were approximately 400 people, I believe, at that meeting and it really galvanised the community into further investigations into what this industry was all about. Up to that point, we had very limited knowledge. So from that meeting, everyone went away and did their own research and really began to see the dangers and what could really happen to our community if we allowed this practice to proceed. The election came up in 2016 and fracking, although not at the forefront of that election, it was a big issue. And the Labor Party had a landslide victory and part of their platform was we will impose a moratorium on fracking and hold an inquiry into the practice. And so for the first time ever, the seat of Catherine became a Labor seat and that's the first time that occurred since self-government in 1976. So it was a fairly significant win for the Labor Party, and they hold now 18 seats in the Parliament, the 25-seat Parliament. So they were elected, they held true to their promise, they implemented a moratorium which meant no further exploration nor commercial development could take place until the moratorium had allowed an independent scientific inquiry to be conducted into the practice. That independent scientific inquiry took uh, a little longer than expected and complete was completed and the final report handed down in March of this year, 2018. That report included 135 recommendations which basically said the industry can proceed, the risks can be mitigated and everybody will stand to benefit. So our Chief Minister, Michael Gunner, announced in mid-April that he was lifting the moratorium, that the industry was allowed to progress, and he encouraged Territorians to stay with him throughout that journey. We don't accept Michael Gunner's decision or that of his eight-member caucus that made the decision. It wasn't the full Legislative Assembly that got to vote on that. We don't accept that. The people of the Northern Territory refuse to allow this industry to invade our area, our region, our lifestyle, our communities and destroy them. The voice of the people has not been heard and we intend to make our voice heard and we will stop this insidious practice from progressing any further. The Northern Territory is a place of huge distances and few people, few activists. How are you going to do that? (laughs) The Northern Territory may be vast in size. The people that live there and love it The people who have the rivers, the land, 
and the whole Northern Territory pulsating through their bodies on a daily basis have a connection and a communication system that can never be broken. And when that communication system and that connection kicks in and is galvanised into an action, it's very powerful and it cannot be stopped. And so the message to Michael Gunner and his parliamentary team is when we raise our voice, you will listen. And when we give you our charter of demands, you will comply. We were the ones that elected you. You will not see a second term in office without our support. And if you are a career-based politician, then there's no room for you in the Northern Territory. We need statesmen who are prepared to stand up, stand strong and protect all of us, not just a handful of bank accounts by the rich. The Northern Territory has had two industries predominantly that have supported it for generations, and that's the pastoral industry and tourism. Should fracking ever proceed, it will destroy those two primary industries that are compatible and work side by side and employ a large majority of Territorians. That was Kerry from Catherine. Chairwoman of Don't Frack Catherine in the Northern Territory. All the voices you've heard today talking from the Beyond Coal and Gas Jamboree on the Sunshine Coast in 2018. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition of Earth Matters was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne on Wiradjuri country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. And I'm Beck Horridge. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal.